Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to the 160th episode of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is the founder of cloudskills.io, a technical advisor, author, and mentor for people ramping up on cloud technologies. He has worked for tech giants Microsoft and Amazon and has founded two consulting companies of his own. And as well as having published four books and creating multiple online courses, he is often seen speaking from the stage at events around the world. So welcome to the show, Mike Pfeiffer. Hey, Phil. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Super excited to be here. Great. So the first thing I want to ask you is maybe to fill in a little bit more about your background and tell us a little bit about Cloud Skills. Yeah. So I started Cloud Skills IO at the end of 2015, and I was coming out of working at Amazon, working in Amazon Web Services for a few years as a solutions architect. So when I started the company, we were just doing consulting only helping people figure out how to do cloud. And we started doing a lot of Azure stuff as well. And since then, it's kind of uh, transformed into both a training company as well as a consulting company. And in fact, we probably do a little bit more training at this stage than we do working in the field. So we're probably you know 70% um, training and advisory services and about 30% consulting at this point. Right, and what was the attraction of cloud in particular for you? For me, it was just seeing the writing on the wall, seeing the opportunity. When I was working at Microsoft prior to Amazon, it was just very clear. You know, I was doing a lot of exchange work. There was lots of movement into Office 365. And, you know, AWS was already gaining tons of traction back in that era. And it was just, it was clear to me, you know, after having been in IT at that stage, whatever it was, 12, 13, 14 years, and it's seen similar patterns. Uh, it was just kind of like, you know what, yeah, this is kind of the direction things are going. And so I decided to bet on cloud as a technology, went over to AWS, and then uh, kind of the rest is history. I've been doing cloud stuff ever since. Right. Okay. So yeah, you followed the path or the, the sort of disruptive technology that was taking place at the time. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I've always tried to do that in my career, you know, because sometimes you get into roles where you're, you know, hyper-focused on what it is you're working on. But I think it's really important to maintain a big picture view and pay attention to what's happening in the industry and always kind of looking around the corner for what's going to be big next. And so that's one of the things I've always tried to do. And I think it's super important to give yourself kind of that leverage to be able to pivot if you need to. Yeah. And staying aware of what's happening within the industry. Yep. Okay. Mike, can you share a career tip with the IT career energizer audience? One they may not know and perhaps should. You know, I've got a, a bunch, and I think probably the biggest one would be to, and this has been a theme for myself and the folks I've been talking to lately, it's really the concept of looking at your career as almost like a as, as a business or, you know, some of the, the folks that I've interviewed lately on my own show uh, and talking about um, treating your career as a sport. Um, all of those kind of concepts, I think, are really important because you know, there is a difference between your job and your career, right? Your job belongs to your employer, your career is yours, and um, spending that extra time to ramp up on things that may be outside of your job's focus, 
Um, it's not going to maybe serve your job, but it will serve your career. And so my biggest piece of advice would be take a big picture approach, look at your career as your business that nobody else can ever take away from you, but it's also got to be, you know, maintained, it's got to be fed and you got to work on it and no one else is going to help you with that. You have to do it on your own. And so I'm into work-life balance. I love it, but I also think that we've got to be intentional and actually plan for doing those things that's going to help us grow that's going to help us leverage those new opportunities in the job market. Do you think that's something that's changed in the in the working environments and, and the way we interact with each other? Or do you think that's just that we've become more aware of the need to do that? Well, I think that lifespan of jobs is a much, you know, it's much smaller than it used to be or much shorter, right? You know, if you look at, you know, my parents, you know, my dad worked at the same company for 35 years and people don't really do that anymore. Right. And so it's pretty rare these days. And so I think the nature of technology and how fast it moves and just the world in general, it kind of forces you to be prepared for a job change within two to three years on average. And I think that that's just the new normal. Yes, I think you're right. I think that's, that's definitely the case in terms of the way it's changed. Um, my father was the same 35 years with the same company. Mm hmm. So, Mike, can you perhaps tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Sure. Yeah, you know, it's a good one. There's so many to pick from, right, when you've worked in IT for so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think probably the biggest one for me was trying to take on projects that might have been outside of my ability to complete, like, on time. Like, one example specifically that I can give is I took on a project once where and it was because I was ambitious and trying to really make an impact and, and do good work. But I took on a development project that I didn't really have time for. And I was like, oh, I'll figure it out. I'll work extra at night or spend a little bit of extra time on the weekends. And so I said yes, basically to something where I should have said no. And I felt pressure to do that at the time. But looking back, it was the, you know, the reality was I could have easily said no and it would have saved me a lot of sanity, a lot of energy. And so that's probably one of the bigger ones. And it doesn't really sound on the surface like that big a deal, but it really was just a stressful time in my life. And this is about 15 years ago. Um, but I just had way too much on my plate. And it was one of those instances where, you know what, I should have just pushed back and said no. And, it, and I didn't. And I spent the next couple of months really hating life. And that's not a good place to be. Yeah. So did you feel sort of obligated almost to say yes at the time? I think I did. You know, I think that when you're early in your career, you know, you're really ambitious and you say yes way more than someone like me today that's been in the game 20 years. But, um, but yeah, I think when you're that ambitious, you feel pressured to say yes to every opportunity to, uh, to get going. And, and I think that there's an element of when you should say yes a lot, but you also have to be careful. And I think that that was an instance for me where I just didn't really appreciate the amount of effort that, that doing that was going to take. Yeah. But I've also got other, you know, other ones where, where I've like you know, rebooted infrastructure on accident and taken down stuff. And luckily I don't have any major data loss stories, but you know, I think we all have one of those things where it's like, you know, the, the worst incident ever, uh, you know, you can take down something or disable access for a bunch of people, and those are never fun. Plenty of stories on those, I'm afraid. Yeah. 
Okay, so moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your IT career highlight or greatest success? I think probably one of the biggest, most impactful decisions I made in my career was really to get out of just doing everything by myself. You know, the first 10 years I spent really heads down, really grinding away, really trying to do everything by myself. And after about 10 years of that, I realized that professional networking and doing more outside of my little bubble was a good thing. And so I got into sharing more. I got into blogging. I got into speaking at user groups and all that stuff led to book deals, um, paid speaking gigs, teaching online. And so if I hadn't done that and gotten into a space where I was looking to help other people coming up behind me, then I would have never had most of the opportunities that I have today. Um, that's really kind of the catalyst as well for me starting my businesses. So I think for me, that's the biggest success is sharing what I've been learning and helping other people do the same. Yeah. So we, obviously we mentioned earlier that you've written, I think it's four books so far. Yep. Currently got four out there right now and I'm co-authoring a number five. Right. Are they all, presumably they're on, on cloud and, and um, similar topics? Yeah, so the first four ones are all focused around shell scripting, specifically PowerShell, and they're related to like Exchange Server Platform. The one I'm working on right now is related to Azure and uh, Azure Architecture and, and some of the certifications revolving around that. Right, and they're freely available in terms of going to Amazon and so forth. You can pick them up from there? They're available on Amazon. They're not free, but yeah, they're out there. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely right. <laughs> Okay. So Mike, can you tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? I'm excited about just the vast amount of opportunity. There's so many companies now that can do things that they couldn't do before. And cloud really enables that, you know, especially having come up in an era where, you know, you had to invest a half million dollars or quarter million dollars to just get the infrastructure to do the kind of projects you wanted to do. Now, any, you know, almost any business can go and click a button and pay for those kinds of things on demand. And so I think it enables some really interesting business models, some really interesting job opportunities in the marketplace. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about cloud. I'm excited about, you know, what I'm seeing young people going straight into industry going to boot camps, getting vocational skills that they can use right now to make a lot more money than they would have been able to do 10, 20 years ago. Those are all things I'm super excited about. I think that technology is enabling that. Yeah, I think you're right. In particular, things like boot camps and uh, the ability for people to learn so much online now, it's just it just opens up new opportunities all the time. I know. I'm looking at it all the time. And I'm like, man, I wish they would have had that 20 years ago in the late 90s. You know? <laughs> yes. Where was YouTube back, yeah. back then? But it's cool because I've seen lots of stories come through you know, people going from pizza delivery person to web developer or, you know, going from janitor to data science or scientist by just going to a, a six month or four month boot camp or even bootstrapping it on their own online by watching YouTube tutorials. That's super exciting to me that that opportunity is there for anybody that's hungry enough to go after it. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Well, the, the truth is I kind of stumbled into it backwards. 
I didn't really have my eye on, on it. And somebody that I had worked for previously um, in a call center in a sales position, she was like, hey, I'm working at this computer manufacturing company. This is like 1998. And she's like, I know you're really good on the phone. So why don't you come work on my tech support team? And uh, I was like, oh, well, you know, I don't really know much about computers. And she's like, ah, it's fine. You know, we can train you. And um, I remember, you know, missing every interview question uh, <laughs> and just the phone interview and then going in for the face to face and missing that. But I still was given the opportunity to join the team and go through the training. And I think at that point was when I started noticing, wow, this is huge because going back to kind of what I was saying earlier in that era, there was a lot of people picking up certifications like the NT4 MCSE was really big in that time. A plus certification was really big. And I saw, you know, people, my peers that were crushing it um, just because they were getting in the game and they were getting the certs and they didn't go to college. I didn't, you know, I went to college and, and basically flunked out because I'm not somebody that learns in that format very well. I'm more uh, do it yourself kind of self education driven. And so for me, I always thought at that era back in those days, oh, I'm not going to be able to ever get a good job. But when I realized, oh, I can, I can play this technical game and I can get computer certifications and kind of do it myself. And then I can contribute. That's when I like saw the opportunity and I just went all in and, you know, for the first five years of my career, I just worked day and night and learned as much as I could. And it was just really fun. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? I think the best career advice, one of the best things that I ever heard from a manager of mine, was a good mentor of mine, a guy that um, worked at Amazon at a very high level, a director. He told me once, he's like, you know, you really had a great year, but don't be a one-trick pony. And so pretty much what he was alluding at was, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't align yourself to one particular technology and then get blindsided when things shift. And I think that that is easy trap to fall into. You know, I see a lot of people today. I work with a lot of people today that end up falling into that. You know, they get so focused on the day to day of what they're supposed to be doing that they forget the bigger picture. And I think that you always have to have an eye on the things around your career, your current job, what's happening in the industry. And I think for me, like having that advice reiterated really helped. I think we all go through that, but I kind of gotten in a period where, you know, I was looking at myself through the lens of my job title and thinking that that was like tied to my identity when the reality is it has nothing to do with who you are. Okay. Yes. I mean, I think you make a good point there about the fact that you do need to think Certainly, you can look at now and what you do, and as you say, it relates to your job title, but obviously it's the bigger picture and the longer term that you need to consider. Yeah, I mean, people label have a tendency to label themselves based on their job, and they think, oh, I'm just a server guy, I'm just a, a gal who works on you know, databases, but when the reality is you're a technologist, right? Yes. And if you keep that open mind and that willingness to learn, then you can really pivot, and if you're paying attention to what's happening in the industry you find that, you know, you're not a one trick pony. You're actually someone who can move and, and be kind of nimble and, and agile and uh, you don't get stuck in a job or a position or a career path that you don't want to be in. In terms of career advice, do you have a worst piece of career advice you've ever received? Anytime I ever got advice saying to stick with the same job path or anything like that, and I, I'm, I'm not coming up with a good solid example right now, but anybody that gives you advice that 
isn't going to lead to you growing is bad advice. Yeah. So the it's the uh, stick to what you're good at, presumably? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that there is an element of practicality in that. But at the same time, you know, if you're ambitious enough and you work hard enough, you can achieve way more than you would ever expect. And so I love doubling down the concept of like really betting on your strengths. But I think that you can also build skill and then you have to measure the results along the way. And that's the biggest thing that I think people get confused with in that concept. It might take six months to get some traction and trying something new, but then you might become proficient. And so I don't necessarily always believe you should stick to what you're good at. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think for me, I'd be drawn to software development. Um, I think I would be drawn to web development. It's such a big opportunity and it's it's not easy, right? I mean, it's it's a lot of work, but I think there's a huge opportunity right there. You know, if you look at the job market, there's just tons of jobs out there for web developers, application developers, or even DevOps engineers. But I think I think, you know, having a good solid grasp on the way the software works is something that will serve your career forever, even if you move into other types of roles. And so for me, that's probably, you know, if I was coming out of high school right now, I would, and for me, knowing that, you know, I'm not good in a traditional education format, I would go straight out of high school to a code boot camp. That's what I would do. I don't think that's the right path for everybody, but that's what I would have done um, starting today. I would just go straight into a boot camp graduate and then I would go on offense, build as much applications and demo projects that I could build up a nice portfolio and hopefully be making six figures by the time I'm in my early twenties. Um, I think that's possible today with the way things are going. Yep. I think you're right. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Yeah, I'm really in at this point, you know, in, in business owner mode, you know, we're doing a lot in terms of some ambitious projects bringing up all kinds of different offerings, programs, and services. So I'm kind of playing two different games. You know, I'm I'm running a small business, but I'm also trying to stay on top of what's going on in tech and build content around that and build online programs, online courses, you know, run my own show, podcast, and my own YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff. And so it's an interesting time. And so really my my objectives are build content, help people, um, lower the ladder down to the people that are coming up behind me, and realize that that's really where I think people can win is by helping others. I think if you help enough people, you know, and we hear this all the time, right? From like all the motivational quotes and stuff. But if you help people get what they want, then you'll get what you want. Yes. And so I really believe that. And so I think that contributing, building stuff, we have paid offers, obviously, but we also put out a ton of free content. And so my biggest objective and what I do is empowering other people, um, helping people become leaders and also just cranking out as much content as we can. And it's, you know, it's a learning process. And I think that we're going to have fun along the way as we continue to learn more and, and create more. Yeah. I love the expression you used as well about lowering the ladder. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. I think it's important. I think everybody should be thinking about that. You know, one of the guys that's a, a good friend of mine and somebody that was a mentor of mine, um, when I was coming up was Don Jones and, um, he's really big in, in the PowerShell space. If you're in it and I followed that, he has a book out called be the master where it's, it's more of a soft skills. It's not, not as much of a technical focus, but it's more about kind of doing that, looking for opportunities where you can help people because that helps you out. And I think that it's just a really good message. 
uh, for people. But I can say from my own experience over the last 10 years, especially, it's been a game changer for me. And so I would encourage anybody listening to do the same. What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Uh, That's an outstanding question. And I think in tech, this is huge. Um, Being able to communicate with people is massively underestimated. And I work with so many tech folks, and I'm sure you do as well, Phil, but there's a lot of people that, you know, we're highly intellectual, we're introverted, we're analyzing everything. And it's really easy to forget how to communicate and interact with people, especially when you're online all day, especially when you're always on the computer and you're writing code or you're, you know, working with software. It's really easy to get on an island by yourself, so to speak, and forget that there's other people out there. Um, and so I think that if you can build the, the skills to have technical breadth, as well as the ability to really clearly communicate with folks, that's really powerful. And I think that it's underestimated in its implementation. And so for the folks that are listening, I would say really work on your ability to communicate with other people and express your ideas and work on your persuasion skills, because ultimately you're going to want to get people to listen to your ideas, to give you the projects that you want to work on. And you can only do that so far with technical skills alone. You have to have the ability to communicate with other people to help you make that happen. And so I think it's really important. And I think that there's a lot of people that haven't learned that yet. And they may, but I'm thinking, you know, if I can save somebody a couple of years listening to this right now, um, it's super important. It is. Yeah, very much so. So my, what do you do to keep your own career energized? It hasn't always been easy, to be honest. There's been ups and downs. You know, there's been years where I've been really motivated and really driven. And there's also been years where I'm just kind of like taking my foot off the gas and resting and not really (laughs) super ambitious about technology and stuff. And I, so I think number one is understanding that, you know, this is a marathon, not a sprint, just like, you know, you hear the cliche, but it really is, you know, your career is a long time. You know, you may have different jobs along the way, but your career is going to be with you for a very long time, decades, and realizing that you can take your time and stretch things out. That's kind of one piece of it. But for me, continuing to always grow, learn new things, and then teach other people is really what keeps me energized. In the early days, it was just the interest of learning the technology. But I think for me, that kind of wore off after a while. I don't get the same amount of thrills as I used to because I think... I know so much more that's going on under the hood now. It's not as much of a mystery. And so I did need to find a new way to keep myself inspired. And I do that today by not only continuing to learn, but helping other people learn. That's really fun. I'm sure you've gotten a lot of feedback about your show where you know people say, oh man, I heard that one thing and that was the thing I needed to do X. And those moments as a teacher or a content producer or whatever, those are huge. And so that's what keeps me really engaged in moving forward at this point. And what do you do away from technology in your spare time? Well, I'm really big on moving around. And and there was years where I worked so hard that I didn't. And that was, um, it's just amazing how, how much it can impact your quality of life. And so for me, I'm really intentional and I protect my time around being able to um, get in the amount of physical activity that, that I want. And that's a daily thing for me. I really enjoy 
lifting weights. I do a fair amount of cardio just to stay fit. And I pretty much, I would say I work out five to six days a week. And for me, you know, it's not only that, you know, there's physical benefits, but I get a lot of mental clarity from that. I find that doing it in the morning, that primes me for the day. And in the years that I wasn't, and I was just grinding away, working constantly, I didn't realize how bad I felt until I kind of got out of that. Yep. Um, and so now I really notice it because, you know, if I go off the rails and I stop eating clean, I stop working out and I start working 15 hour days, um, it's almost instant, the mood change. Like I get grumpy, you know, and <laughs> yes. so, um, getting out of the desk, getting out of the office and moving around, whatever it is, you know, it does something for your physiology. It helps you think more clearly as well. And so for me, that's, that's how I uh, kind of unplug and, and refresh. That's good. Yeah. Mike, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? There's a lot of people out there that have ambitions to do more. They want to share more. They want to help other people like we've talked about, and they're afraid of the criticism that comes along with that. You hear people talk a lot about imposter syndrome, especially in our industry, and it's real. You know, It's just part of the human psychology, and we all go through it. And I'm really big on trust your gut, you know, your intuition and your gut telling you what to do next is something that you should pay attention to. And so if you're feeling a fire to like share more or help other people, or maybe you want to start that blog, you want to start your own podcast, you want to record an online course, you want to go to the meetup and present the latest thing that you did, um, but you're kind of feeling like you're not there yet. You don't have to wait to be an expert. You can start now because there's always somebody one step behind you that just wants your knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I would say to the people listening. If you feel in that fire, I would say fan that flame. Don't wait. You can start now. Yep. I totally agree with you. The, the um, term expert is a, is a relative term. It depends on where you are and where the other person is. So yeah, totally agree. That's true. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah. So you can, uh, my last name is uh, insanely hard to spell. So you guys, if you want to find my website, you could just go to askmike.io. That'll redirect you to my personal website. On there is links to you know all my online courses, my podcasts, my blog posts. All my social media channels are linked on there as well on my contact page. And so I'm pretty active on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, and Facebook. And so I'm also really big on actually being social on social media. So if you shoot me a message, I will typically reply to you pretty quickly. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your questions. And so hit me up, go to my website at askmike.io and all the links to everything um, that I have online is on that site. Great. Mike, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, thanks so much, Phil. I had a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in to today's episode and to my guest career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. And a quick reminder that the show has now three episodes every week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show to get new episodes automatically downloaded. Also, don't forget to join the IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. 
you'll get to engage with other like-minded people, get to find out more about upcoming guests and other episodes, and can get involved in the future direction of the podcast. It really is a great pleasure to be able to talk to so many inspirational people from across the industry and to be able to share their stories and advice with you. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.